Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Tuesday, February 27th, and I'm your host, Vincent Shen. We're focusing our attention today on news that broke last week. On Friday, food giant General Mills announced that it'd be acquiring Blue Buffalo Pet Products in an $8 billion transaction. We'll dive into the two companies and the deal itself, and I've enlisted the help of senior Motley Fool contributor Asit Sharma, who's calling into the Fool HQ studio via Skype. Welcome back, Asit. How's it going? Thanks a lot, Vince. I'm doing well. Listeners can't see this, but I'm wearing plaid today. But it's the last time I'm going to put this on because I'm getting spring fever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get started, I want to take a minute and share more information about the Motley Fool's $10,000 College Student Award. For any students who are over the age of 18 and attending a U.S. college, the Motley Fool is sponsoring a contest to encourage and support the next generation of investors. To enter, write a 500 to 1,000 word article on one of the provided topics, and a group of fools here at HQ will choose the best write-up and award the author $10,000, with an additional 20 runners-up getting $1,000 each. So whether you're a student yourself or know someone who might be interested, pass the word along. The competition closes April 30th, 2018, and we look forward to seeing your submissions. Terms and conditions apply. Please visit fool.com slash competition for more details. So back to our main story, General Mills, ticker GIS, is going to pay $40 per share to take over Blue Buffalo Pet Products, ticker BUFF. And so most consumers are familiar with General Mills products. The company has over 100 brands, operates in over 100 countries, and some of the most notable ones include Betty Crocker, Pillsbury, Cheerios, Haagen-Dazs, Fruit Snacks, and Progresso. So the company reported $15.6 billion of revenue in the trailing 12-month period. Uh, whereas Blue Buffalo, it's a much smaller business, about a tenth that for their top line. And in in the world of pet food, though, Blue Buffalo is a very strong presence. They have a very uh, solid reputation. So, Asit, can you give us some background on Blue Buffalo and just kind of the pet food industry? Absolutely. So, Blue Buffalo Pet Products was founded in 2002 when a man named Bill Bishop and his two sons, Billy and Chris, decided to form a company because their dog, Blue, had had a series of health issues, including three bouts of cancer. And so these three gentlemen essentially wanted to replicate the way we eat. They knew that eating healthier foods has a lot to do with your own health uh, in the human world. So for pets, they thought, look, why don't we put natural ingredients in pet food and see if we can go out and help other people who are also concerned about the health of their pets. And that business idea sparked a company which has grown since 2002 into, as you mentioned, uh, Vince, a leading uh, company in this category. It has annual revenue of $1.2 billion. It's grown its revenue by a compounded annual growth rate, or CAGR, of about 12% over the last three years. And listeners who have pets who are into this wholesome, natural pet food category probably are familiar with some of the following brands. Uh, These include Blue Life Protection Formula, Blue Wilderness, Blue Basics, Blue Freedom, and Blue Natural Veterinary Diet. Yes, so uh, Blue Buffalo has their overarching brand. They have uh, about five different food lines, as you mentioned, Asit. And uh, Blue Buffalo is definitely a leader in terms of the kind of 
natural food category for pet food, what they call wholesome natural. And the important thing to note is overall, the U.S. pet food market is about $30 billion annually, and it's growing at 3 to 4% each year. And that's better than the broader consumer products market. So that's a part of the story here for how this deal came together. And I think pet foods in general are attractive uh, for a few reasons. Those being consistent growth, uh, like we've seen in that broader market, three uh, to 4% annually. Also, it's one that's seeing what they're calling premiumization and humanization. So, the idea there being um, younger pet owners, especially the millennial generation and across age groups, really, you know, consumers have obviously shown a clear preference for healthy natural foods. Um, to a lot of families, I think pets are just as important and deserving of higher quality food. And so that's the humanization element and also how uh, consumers are driving to the more premium uh, products in that category. And lastly, uh, management mentioned a few things I thought were interesting, and that's the stability of uh, demand for pet food and how it creates a subscription-like buying pattern because consumers are likely to remain loyal to specific pet food brands for the duration of their pets' lives. And pet food purchases are non-discretionary, so demand, so the demand, again, is very stable. And with Blue Buffalo leading the wholesome natural niche, um, that represents about 10% of the pet food market by volume, but 20% of its sales. It's also supposed to be the fastest growing niche or part of the pet food industry. And the company made up only about 7% of U.S. pet food sales in terms of market share. So, it's a smaller player in the market. Um, and Blue Buffalo notes in its 10K that it uh, estimates that it feeds only about 3% of pets in the U.S. So, they see an opportunity there to grow uh, domestically for sure. So, turning our t- attention to the deal itself, uh, that $40 per share buyout price that General Mills is offering, it represents a 17% premium to the stock's previous close. Uh, or if you look at it from a 60-day volume-weighted average price basis, it's about a 23% premium. So, I, said, I got the feeling during the investor call that given Blue Buffalo's strong growth and their brand, General Mills is leading is leaving a lot of the company intact in terms of how they're going to integrate things. Can you speak to uh, what kind of what that looks like? Sure. So General Mills is going to leave the current leadership team in place, and that includes Billy Bishop, who is the son of Bill Bishop. He's the CEO responsible for the company's growth over the past few years. And what General Mills is looking to do is to replicate the success they had with Annie's, which many of you are familiar with. This is the natural um, snack brand, which my family knows it because they uh, have a great natural uh, macaroni and cheese that my kids like. So when General Mills acquired Annie's, it was able to keep the same leadership team and keep a double-digit compounded annual growth rate. And that's the objective here, is to continue this 12% growth rate plus, as I mentioned. One of the ways they're going to do this is to leave the manufacturing in place. Now, um, the company, Blue Buffalo Pet Products, has a manufacturing facility in Missouri, Joplin, Missouri, which is humongous. It's on sits on 89 acres, and it's over 400,000 square feet. And in this facility, they manufacture dry pet food and have a full distribution service center. So for those of you who are wondering how General Mills, which has always been a cereal and snacks company, suddenly is able to jump in to the pet food business, well, they have this system in place to just acquire this and slowly scale it. And I thought it was interesting, Vince, on the call that you mentioned that the CEO of General 
Mills uh, mentioned that pet food is not that different to manufacture than human food. Who knew? Yep. So Blue Buffalo, uh, in terms of even reporting at General Mills, so currently uh, the company has uh, four operating segments. So those are North America Retail, which is by far the largest, convenience stores and food service, Europe and Australia, and then Asia and Latin America. And Blue Buffalo is going to be kind of tacked on as its own operating segment. And the headquarters and manufacturing facilities, like you mentioned, will be left intact. And so some other parts of the deal uh, that they were mentioned in the press release during the call, uh, General Mills and Blue Buffalo are hoping to see about $50 million in annual cost saving synergies. Uh, those won't come in until about two years after deal cl- the deal closes. Um, and a big part of that is the fact G- General Mills, with its footprint, with its scale, they'll see benefits in sourcing, manufacturing, logistics, and also some reductions in their SG&A expenses. They mention revenue synergies, but they do not quantify them. And I think that's a, that was a bit of a sticking point for some of the analysts too, trying to figure out uh, the earnings and the uh, what kind of impact this will ultimately have on General Mills' business. So the deal is expected to close by summer of 2018, and the big story here, I think, is that we've mentioned a few times is the growth potential, and that's why this deal came together. Blue Buffalo has been growing at that, that uh, low double-digit pace for several years running, um, and that is really something that General Mills wants to get a piece of. And they're funding the deal with cash, debt, and equity. So General Mills has actually paid a dividend pretty consistently since 1994. Um, They've been increasing that payout for the past 14 years, but they're going to suspend their share repurchases until the company reduces its debt balance following this acquisition. Um, The company previously reduced its share count about 10% over five years' time. And I think it's important to uh, consider some of the the risk and, and, and issues in terms of uh, the pricing for this deal, too, that I know you mentioned. Uh, do you want to speak to that, Asit? Absolutely. Um, so, General Mills, let's use two taps in this conversation about purchase price. Let's use a cold water tap and a hot water tap. I want to throw some cold water on this deal to begin, and, and then we'll increase the temperature to give them their fair due. Uh, this deal, I calculate that it's about the purchase price about 25 times trailing EBITDA, trailing 12 months EBITDA. So that's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It's a pretty common way to look at a deal. What is the multiple of EBITDA here? So 25 times EBITDA is a high purchase price. If you were to look at the recent financial statements of Blue Buffalo, you would see that their book value is only about $300 million. So look at a purchase price of $8 billion versus really tangible assets of about $300 million. There's a lot of goodwill that uh, General Mills will book in this deal. So it's an expensive purchase. And to complete the purchase, uh, as Vince told you, it's a mix of cash, equity, and debt. The company is going to leverage its balance sheet up to uh, 4.2 times EBITDA. So again, using a lot of uh, jargon here. But this is basically a high leverage ratio when your debt to your earnings is in the four to five times range. That's getting pretty leveraged on your balance sheet. means you've borrowed a lot of money and you're going to have to use some of that cash flow now to service the debt you've taken on. So by that measure, the deal is very expensive. And as Vince mentioned, we don't really know. I, I said that 
hey, this is going to be double-digit growth going forward for uh, Blue Buffalo, and the company can probably scale that. But General Mills didn't tell analysts on the call, is it low double digits? Is it high double digits? What will General Mills be able to do with this revenue stream? How far can they grow it? That's the real question, because if you look at the relative revenue, $15, $15 billion plus uh, for General Mills and $1.2 billion for Blue Buffalo, it takes a lot of growth to move that needle. Uh, what are your thoughts on the valuation, Vince? So I was looking at this trying to figure out, um, you know, they don't quantify those revenue synergies like we talked about. And the interesting thing is, on the one hand, Blue Buffalo has stated previously that their ultimate goal was to uh, increase their market share and also to expand internationally, whereas General Mills has, uh, during the call, spoke to the potential for international growth, but that was not something in the near term that they consider. But I think it's important for General Mills to consider some of the context here because uh, they announced the deal uh, last Friday, and they also had a presentation during the a consumer products conference where they talked about some what they consider to be uh, some of the key drivers and parts of their strategy to deliver more consistent revenue growth. The past few years, their bot- uh, their top line has declined in the mid-single digits. So, General Mills says they want to compete effectively on all brands across all markets, that they want to accelerate their differential growth platform. So, that includes their Haagen-Dazs ice cream brand, their snack bars business, the old El Paso brand, and then their natural and organic foods. And then the third one is they want to reshape their portfolio via both acquisitions and divestitures, and we're seeing the first example of that here. But even though the company has had weaker top-line performance, it has instituted a lot of changes and cost-cutting initiatives to improve its profitability, try and optimize the brand portfolio. So, in the prior fiscal year, General Mills, they changed their global organizational structure, they continued to restructure their supply chain, and they have this established goal of consistent low single-digit revenue growth, and management wants to target returning 90% of free cash flow to shareholders. And with this thing that uh, with this holistic margin management that they've been talking about, ultimately they have a goal of finding about four billion dollars of cost savings over a decade. So, with all of that in mind, um, the this some of the it has me thinking about some of the strategies and changes that I think General Mills will actually implement as part of the integration for for Blue Buffalo. Um, so they're going to outfit it, for example, with their marketing apparatus, their sales apparatus. They have uh, a lot of resources, for example, for R and D, product innovation, and General Mills divested uh, its Green Giant uh, brand, and I believe in 20, fiscal 2016. That's about five percent of the top line. But as you mentioned, they added brands like Annie's and Epic to their portfolio, uh, more similar to Blue Buffalo in terms of this natural foods niche. So they have some experience with integrating those natural food businesses. But what else do you think General Mills can do to kind of uh, to leverage and and expand the Blue Buff Buffalo business? They can probably push into other areas of the pet food industry, which itself is very big. Uh, The company has mentioned more distribution in food drug mass, which is a segment basically getting into drug stores. Mm -hmm. And that there's a hint there that the company could uh, potentially move into pet health, which is another phenomenally growing category. So I think scaling this uh, would be in their interest and also opens up the opportunity for them to help 
this small or smaller company with innovation. Uh, that's one thing that General Mills has been very good at, as you mentioned, is taking brands, for example, let's look at Yoplait, very traditional uh, brand of theirs, mm-hmm. and, and adding on new labels which have seen much faster growth. Uh, we Yogurt is uh, one example. And um, I was thinking when you were talking about the uh, snacks, Larabar is, is yet another example yes. of brand innovation on this company, but either through acquisition or creating new brands. So they have some muscle. Management has some muscle in being able to laterally move into new segments of markets. I think that's, you know, to the good. Um, One more bit of cold water here, and then I want to turn on the warm water tap. I really don't like that the company is uh, telling investors that the deal won't be accretive to earnings, and that too on a cash earnings per share basis until 2020. So the reason is um, when you tell investors that, hey, we will be able to add to our bottom line from this acquisition in 2020 on a cash EPS basis, what you're saying is we sort of overpaid for this. Um, There is a lot of goodwill in this transaction that will be amortized every quarter going forward. And that's why the company can't say, hey, this will hit our bottom line and spruce earnings next year. It's going to be two years before we see the first true bottom line hit. Uh, positive hit for General Mills. And that too, after you pull away things like uh, amortization and interest expense for the debt. So it's going to take a while for this to really take hold and make a meaningful impact on General Mills' income statement. Now, on the other hand, the the, the hot water, why this is so intriguing, uh, this company is very millennial friendly, Blue Buffalo Pet Products. And this is the segment of the consumer universe that is causing retail disruption. So the very consumers that make it harder for General Mills to sell its traditional cereals in grocery stores are the kinds of consumers that buy products that um, Blue Buffalo manufactures. So over the very long term, there's an enormous potential to grow within the pet category. Now, having said that, there are some large players in this industry. There is uh, Mars, which is privately held one of the world's largest consumer uh, goods companies, has some pet division. Nestle has a gigantic pet division. You're familiar with names like Purina. So it's not like there isn't any entrenched competition. That exists out there. But the smart thing that I think General Mills has done is to purchase a company in a market which is expanding at a much faster growth rate than, say, cereals, which is something that you mentioned at the outset, Vince. So there is space in an expanding market to take share from bigger rivals. So if you look past those first few years that I'm quibbling about, I think there's some growth potential here. And that's what is more exciting about this deal for those who want to hold General Mills stock for, let's say, a five or seven or 10-year period. Thanks, Asit. Last couple points from me, then. Um, I think it's interesting also to speak to how you mentioned uh, the food drug mass kind of channel. That is definitely a space that General Mills is very familiar with, very strong in. And um, the uh, Blue Buffalo has already begun pushing into that FDM channel as of 2017. So this includes the biggest grocery stores and retailers. And that's away from where B- Blue Buffalo has previously focused, which was with specialty retailers. And because General Mills has a lot of that experience in the FDM channel, uh, I think that's a really important part of the opportunity that 
the two companies their management team spoke to during the investor call. And specialty channels uh, accounted for about 48% of U.S. pet food sales, and the remainder of that was made up by the FDM channel. But growth has historically been much stronger in the specialty channel. Um, but because of that, that in terms of FDM making up the majority of that space, the entry, I think, for Blue Buffalo is really important. And now that they've gotten started in 2017, it's only a matter of time until they're accelerated with the integration with General Mills. But on the other side of that, too, um, Blue Buffalo stated there's an international opportunity, and whereas General Mills is saying, you know, it's a little bit far, uh, farther off, but it's still worth looking at in that Blue Buffalo currently only sells in the U.S., Canada, Japan, and Mexico. Only four percent of its sales were outside of the United States, and. While the U.S. pet food market is about thirty billion dollars, the global market is about eighty billion, and there's definitely because of General Mills' global footprint. Again, I think it's another important opportunity longer term uh, that they can consider in terms of how they market that and how they roll that out into their other geographic uh, regions. So I want to leave a few minutes here for you, Asset. Any final thoughts on the deal before uh, we close out the discussion? Two things. One, just to add to your comment on that international expansion, especially in Asia where growth rates are declining, birth rates are declining, and populations are aging, the pet business is booming. I think China and Japan in particular. There's In Japan, there's a very worthy competitor in a company called Unicharm, which has seen a lot of success in selling pet food uh, to families, which uh, has, they've enjoyed a lot of growth. So I think there is uh, some persuasive opportunity there. And the last point I want to make about this is this is very similar. This deal is very similar to a deal that we saw last year, which is McCormick and Company, the spice company, buying uh, Reckitt Benkiser's British company's uh, portfolio of foods, which included uh, French's mustard and Frank's red hot hot sauce. Again, another big deal uh, versus uh, the company's balance sheet. They took on a lot of debt. They also suspended sherry purchases. When companies do this, there's two, two things that, that we see. They are saying that it's really hard to develop innovation internally and acquisition may help in this sort of slow growth consumer goods market. And number two, we want to add a lot of debt to our balance sheet so that Kraft Heinz, who we talk a lot about, Vince, won't come and purchase us. And I think General Mills was thinking about that when they made this deal that, hey, if we add a lot of debt to our balance sheet in this acquisition, we're not as attractive as that big behemoth that's over here that may be sniffing around trying to acquire us. So it's a defensive move as well. All in all, uh, putting these two taps together, I think the water runs a little warm for me. I'm, I have skepticism about that purchase price, but over time, it should work itself out. Thanks, Isaac. Last thing for me, I forgot to mention with the channels, which I thought was interesting, uh, especially with the premium pet foods, uh, an important uh, channel for Blue Buffalo that they mentioned has been their e-commerce, and that's something else that General Mills has been working on. So Blue Buffalo sold $250 million via e-commerce in 2017. Um, that was 75% growth year over year, about 20% of their total top line, and it makes Blue Buffalo the number one selling pet food brand online and also one of the most searched on Google overall. And whereas you compare that to General Mills' own U.S. Uh, 
to their U.S. e-commerce business, they said it was up 82% in the first half of its current fiscal year, so very impressive, but that's from a very small base, only about 2% of their total sales, which they hope will be closer to 5% by 2020. But I think it's just interesting how, again, with a younger demographic in terms of consumers, how popular Blue Buffalo is among them, and their penetration in terms of that online market, again, something else that can help for both sides of the company in terms of the synergies there. Thanks again, Asit, for you know joining us today as part of this discussion. Absolutely. This was fun. Thanks for listening, Fools. Austin Morgan is our man behind the glass. People in the program may own companies discussed in the show, and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based only on what you hear during the program. Thanks for listening. Fool on. Fool on.